More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. President Joe Biden, after being declared mentally incompetent, being declared old, feeble, and someone that could not stand trial because the jury would look at him as an individual that doesn't know even where he is or what's happening. A man that they described as not even knowing when he was the vice president. A man who doesn't know what he's done in life. A man who doesn't know who world leaders are. A man that his own Department of Justice has now given the perfect alibi for any of his financial crimes with the Biden crime family. Hey, you can't charge him with these financial crimes because no jury would convict him because he is senile. He is the president of the United States of America. He is a president of the United States of America that they describe as an elderly, old individual. All right, a nice guy, but a guy that no one uh, can hold accountable for his actions because he's an elderly man who doesn't know what he's doing. President Biden lashed out at reporters in a last-minute evening address that even caused more confusion because when the White House alerted the media 45 minutes before this primetime press conference, so the president could defend his mental decline. We didn't know if he was stepping down as president. We did not know if he was saying he was no longer going to run for re-election. The report says he's an elderly man. He's an elderly man that's not in charge. He's a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory that a jury would be sympathetic to at the age of 81 years old. Those are the words of President Biden's own DOJ. Now, the report was clear. It concluded that President Joe Biden did, in fact, break the law, a felony, quote, willfully retaining classified documents. But even worse, politically, it suggested that his mental state is in such a decline that there's no way that Joe Biden could be held accountable by a jury. When Biden came out after even NBC News was reporting that possibly The president could be saying he's no longer going to run for office or maybe stepping down. We were really wondering if Kamala Harris was going to be the president of the United States of America. The Washington Post said the same thing. The New York Times said the same thing. Politico saying the same thing. Oh, my gosh. They just told us we're having a press conference at the White House in 45 minutes without a subject matter. Just the president's talking to you. 
And for 45 minutes, the American people were left and the world was left to wonder, is Joe Biden about to no longer be the president of the United States of America? Well, then in 45 minutes, the president came out shuffling to the stage in a staggering moment. President Biden also appeared to forget the name of terror group Hamas during the press conference where he asked for an update. He was asked for an update on the hostages in Gaza. Then the White House press secretary had to dodge questions on Biden's mental health after he claimed to recently meet with a long dead French leader. And this week, Biden's age and fitness was the top of the list of voters concerns a new NBC News poll found. Now, White House Press Secretary Jean-Pierre claimed Biden's, Biden misspeaks when he says he met the de- dead people. She insisted that Joe at 81 never confuses names and his mental state isn't in decline after twice in a week saying that he saw deceased global leaders. Then the president came out. He didn't help himself. In fact, he made things worse as he confused the leader of Mexico with the leader of Egypt while claiming that he's mentally fit. I want you to hear the president in his own words at the White House. Let me say a few things before I take questions. As you know, the special counsel released his findings today about their look into my handling of classified documents. I was pleased to see he reached a firm conclusion that no charges should be brought against me in this case. This was an exhaustive investigation going back more than 40 years, even in the 1970s when I was still a new United States Senator. The special counsel acknowledged I cooperated completely. I did not throw up any roadblocks. I sought no delays. In fact, I was so determined to give the special counsel what he needed, I went forward with a five-hour in-person, five-hour in-person interview over two days on October the 8th and 9th of last year, even though Israel had just been attacked by Hamas on the 7th and I was very occupied. It was in the middle of handling an international crisis. I was especially pleased to see special counsel make clear the stark distinction and difference between this case and Mr. Trump's case. The special counsel wrote, and I quote, several material distinctions between Mr. Trump's case and Mr. Biden's are clear, continuing to quote, most notably, after giving multiple chances to return classified documents to avoid prosecution, Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. According to the indictment, he not only refused to return the documents for many months, he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then to lie about it. In contrast, he went on to say Mr. Biden turned in classified documents to the National Archives and the Department of Justice, consented to the search of multiple locations, including his home, sat for a voluntary interview, and in other ways cooperated with the investigation, end of quote. I've seen the headlines since the report was released about my willful retention of documents. This, these assertions are not only misleading, they're just plain wrong. On page 215, if you had a chance, I know it's a long, it's a thick document. On page 215, the report of the special counsel found the exact opposite. Here's what he wrote. There is, in fact, a shortage of evidence that I willfully retain classified materials related to Afghanistan. On page 12, the special counsel also wrote for another documents, the decision to decline criminal charges was straightforward. The evidence suggests that Mr. Biden did not willfully retain these documents. The evidence said I did not willfully retain these documents. In addition, 
I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. Simple truth is I sat for a five-hour interview or two days of events going back 40 years. At the same time I was managing an international crisis, their task was to make a decision about whether to move forward with charges in this case. That was their decision to make. That's the council's decision to make. That's his job. And they decided not to move forward. For any extraneous commentary, they don't know what they're talking about. It has no place in this report. The bottom line is the matter is now closed. I'm going to continue what I've always focused on, my job of being President of the United States of America. Now, thank you, and I'll take some questions. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's uh, that's Do you that's feel my, your memory has gotten worse. Mr. No, look, president? my memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Mr. Mr. President, Mr. President, do voters have concerns about your age? How are you going to assuage them? And do you fear that this report is only going to fuel further concerns about your age? Only by some of you. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, criminal liability today. Do you take responsibility for at least being careless with classified material? I take responsibility for not having seen exactly what my staff was doing. It goes in and points out things that appeared in my garage, things that came out of my home, things that were moved, were moved not by me, but my staff, but my staff. Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your judgment. That is not the judgment concerns, of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? I'm the most question? qualified person in this country to be President of the United States and finish the job I started. Do you believe that? Why are you using the names of leaders? I did not share classified information. I did not share it. With your ghostwriter? With my ghostwriter. I did not. Guarantee you did not. What the well, no, he did not say that. He did not say that. But, well, let, let me answer your question. The fact of the matter is, what I didn't want repeated, 
I didn't want him to know, and I didn't read it to him, was I had written a long memorandum to President Obama why we should not be in, this, in Afghanistan. And I was of this, multiple pages. And so what I was referring to, I said classified, I should have said it was, should be private because it was a contact between the president and the vice president as to what was going on. That's what he's referring to. It was not classified information in that document. That was not classified. <laughs> When you look back at this incident, is there anything you would do differently now? And do you think that a special prosecutor should have been appointed in the first place in both of these cases? First of all, what I would have done is overseen the transfer of the material that was in my office, in my offices. I should have done that. If I go back, I didn't have the responsibility to that. That was my staff was supposed to do that, and they referenced that in the report. And my staff did not do it in the way that, for example, I didn't know how half the boxes got in my garage until I found out staff gathered them up, put them together, and took them to the garage in my home. And all the stuff that was in my okay. home was in filing cabinets that were either locked or able to be locked. It was in my house. It wasn't out in, like, in Mar-a-Lago in a public place where, and none of it was high classified. Didn't have any of that red stuff on it. You know what I mean? Around the corners? None of that. And so I wish I had paid more attention to how the documents were being moved and where. I thought they were being moved to the archives. I thought all of it was being moved. That's what I thought. Now, what was the last part of your question? Whether a special counsel should have been appointed in this case and in the case of your rival president, former president. I think a special counsel should have been appointed. And the reason I think a special counsel should have been appointed is because I did not want to be in a position that they looked at Trump and weren't going to look at me just like they looked at the vice president. And the fact is they made a firm conclusion. I did not break the law, period. Thank you all very, very much. Let's be clear. That's not what they found. They found that he willfully broke the law. Their words were willfully kept classified documents. He lied to you then. He also lied about saying they were all secure. They were not secure. They were sitting in his garage in a bucket next to his Corvette. That's another lie by the president. He says that they found that he had not done anything wrong. That's not what the report says. The report clearly says the opposite of that. The report says that Joe Biden would not be charged with crimes because he was a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. So we're not going to hold him accountable. They admitted that Joe Biden broke the federal law, committed at least one felony, but he was too old and mentally feeble to be held accountable. And this is the guy who is currently in charge of our nuclear codes. This is the president of the United States of America, an elderly man with a poor memory. That is how they describe him, the DOJ. All right, I want to tell you real quick about Patriot Mobile. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're literally the only one. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks. What does that mean to you? It means you get the same coverage that you're accustomed to. But you're doing it without funding the left. You may not know that Big Mobile gives massive donations to Planned Parenthood, to Democratic candidates, 
causes and organizations. Why give your money to a group of people that literally hate your values, hate what you stand for, hate your family traditional Christian values? That is why I switched to Patriot Mobile. And when you switch, you're sending a message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, as well as our military, our veterans, and our first responder heroes. They make switching easy. 100% U.S.-based customer service team. Plus, you can keep your same cell phone number or upgrade your phone to a new phone or keep the one you've got in your hand as well. And the most important part, every time you pay your bill, they take a percentage of your bill every month and give it back to conservative causes that you help choose to support. So check them out, patriotmobile.com slash Ferguson. That's patriotmobile.com slash Ferguson or 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code Ferguson. That's patriotmobile.com slash Ferguson or 972-PATRIOT. CNN having a meltdown over this. Listen to what they had to say. I don't think the president did himself any favors in that speech. Um, He undercut two of his biggest messages. The adults are back in charge by sort of being dismissive of, yes, he was exonerated. He's not going to be convicted or tried for this. But there's some really damning pieces of information in here. He had deliberations around Afghan war plans with him. He spoke to a biographer about classified documents who didn't have clearance. This showed a decent level of reckless mishandling of classified information. He said said in that that he didn't. He he said that he didn't. Um, So I think there was a dismissiveness to the seriousness of this. And then on the other hand, they were using this bizarre line to say he stepped away from an international crisis, the biggest attack on our ally Israel since the Holocaust, to go deal with a self-inflicted investigation by the Department of Justice. How is that supposed to inspire confidence? I, I don't know why he went back out. He already said most of this at, um, in Virginia today. But this is this is becoming a five-alarm fire for the White House. Five-alarm fire for the White House. This report by the DOJ gives Joe Biden a get-out-of-jail-free card for all of the Biden crime family uh, crimes that were committed. This report concluding that Biden willfully retained classified documents, but even worse, politically, it suggests his mental state is in decline, rapid decline. Biden responded, as you heard, angrily during a primetime press conference, and and I'm going to play that for you in just a moment. Diaz, let me know when you have that queued up, because it's important that people hear this. But Biden responded during this primetime press conference last night without taking responsibility, even blaming his staff. The government report describes Biden as an elderly man with a poor memory. It says Biden couldn't remember when he served as vice president Or when his son died, outraged by that accusation, Biden hit back saying, quote, when I was asked a question, I thought to myself, wasn't any this wasn't any of your damn business. When Peter Ducey quoted the report, Biden responded, I know what the hell I'm doing. But he had various mix ups this week and even last night as he referred to Egypt's president as the president of Mexico. President Biden making jokes about his memory and downplaying concerns about his mental health was even more shocking after the report by the special prosecutor cited him as having poor memory and revealed he, quote, willfully retained and disclosed classified documents. In address to the nation, the president says he he, he's pleased with the conclusion of the investigation after special counsel Robert Hurd did not recommend Biden face criminal charges, saying the president, quote, would likely present himself to a jury as a sympathetic 
an elderly man with a poor memory. The president also shutting down claims in the report that he had trouble remembering details about his son's Bo's death and his time as vice president. And denied he shared classified information despite the special counsel's concluding that he did. Biden also committing a major gaffe during those remarks where he was supposed to let you know that he's in charge. The slip-up comes in the face of growing questions about his recent mistakes, including reference to speaking with deceased foreign leaders. It also comes as former President Biden faces charges stemming from a separate special counsel investigation, an unrelated classified document case as well. Holy crap. 535-9732. 535-9732. Biden willfully kept these classified documents and dumped them into a chaotic garage. Damning photos show his national security risk to the country. Joe scattered files in his home, in cupboards, drawers, and even his basement. But Biden was the one that was enraged. Lasting out reporters, special counsel after a scathing classified document report. I know what the hell I'm doing. That is his response. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to get, to, obviously, to some other breaking news today. Don't worry, we're going to keep monitoring the White House, their response to Biden's cognitive decline, and these new accusations by the DOJ. But first, let me talk to you about something else that's really important. Many of you are angry, and you should be angry, as the House has failed to impeach Mayorkas. You should be angry because the House Republicans apparently can't get their act together. But I have good news for you. The Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has come out, and this is his exact quote. Everyone need not worry. We're not worried. We're going to take care of this responsibility. We have a duty to hold Mayorkas and the Biden administration responsible for all this, referring to the border crisis. And those impeachment articles are going to pass. We'll do it next week. That is what the House Speaker, Mike Johnson, had to say in an interview with my good friends Clay and Buck earlier. Now, I want you to know who you should be calling right now to put pressure on them to get their heads out of the rear ends. As you know, the House of Representatives let Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas off the hook for the border crisis created under his watch. The vote 216 to 214 against impeachment. Yes, it was just two votes. It was tight. What you need to know is the Republicans that sided with the Democrats. Representative Ken Buck, a Republican from Colorado, and Representative Tom McClintock, a Republican from California, announced before the vote that they would vote against impeachment. Then they were joined by Representative Mike Gallagher, a Republican from Wisconsin, in voting with the unified Democrats who clearly know how to stay and stick together. Now, after the vote was decided... Representative Blake Moore, a Republican from Utah, voted nay. Let me explain why so you understand who you should be mad at and who you shouldn't be mad at. The reason why Representative Blake Moore voted nay was only for procedural reasons, so that the House may vote on the measure again at some point. Now, Gallagher expressed concerns with impeachment Tuesday morning in a closed-door Republican conference meeting. Buck, the other one that said, screw America, announced last year that this would be his final term and has openly expressed a desire to work at liberal news networks like MSNBC and CNN. You move to McClintock, who last year also said to Breitbart News, he believes the impeachment is unconstitutional, where seen as immovable. That's what he had to say. Now, despite arm twisting on the House floor by multiple members of the Republican leadership and senior members, Gallagher also cast his ballot with the Democrats. Moore, by the way, who remarkably serves as a member of House leadership, cast his vote against impeachment at the last second, minutes after the previous final vote and moments before the gavel came crashing down. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who led calls to impeach Mayorkas for over a year, insisted that Mayorkas' refusal to follow laws and alleged lying to Congress was clear grounds for impeachment. Listen to what she said. 
His willful refusal to secure the border has bankrupted communities, closed down U.S. schools that our children attend, drowned hospitals, and incapacitated law enforcement while empowering criminal cartels and illegal aliens. My Democrat colleagues argue that one cannot be impeached over policy differences. Well, I argue that breaking our laws is more than just policy differences. It's not just the millions of people, by the way, that are coming across the southern border. We now know from our government, from the Biden administration, and it has been confirmed that the number one killer of people in this country between the ages of 18 and 50 is now fentanyl. That's right. More Americans, you are more likely to die 50 and under from fentanyl than anything else in this country. And where is that fentanyl coming from? It is coming across the southern border. It is coming from China, who has the president compromised with millions of dollars coming into the coffers of the, uh, of the Biden crime family. It's then coming across by the smugglers and the human traffickers who are bringing this fentanyl across the southern border into America. And now it is the number one killer in the United States of America, if you were under the age of 50. This administration, however, they don't care about any of this. And why do I say that? Listen to Democratic Senator Chris Murphy admitting the Democrats, quote, strategy on immigration has failed to deliver for the people, he says, that the Democrats care about the most. Guess what? It's not you. That's right. They're not worried about you. They're not concerned about you the most. Who are they concerned over? Illegal immigrants. He calls them undocumented and then refers to the illegal immigrants as undocumented Americans that are in this country. This from MSNBC. The negotiation didn't have a path to citizenship. It was entirely on their terms in order to get Ukraine funding, right? Well, I mean, Chris, that's been a failed play for 20 years. So you are right that that has been the Democratic strategy for 30 years, maybe. uh, And it has failed to deliver for the people we care about most, the undocumented Americans that are in this country. This is also not 2013 any longer when we ran that play last. Let's be clear about what that Democratic Senator Chris Murphy said. He doesn't represent you or any American citizens. No, no. He says that we have failed to deliver for the people that we care about most, meaning more than you, right? If you say you care about someone the most, that means they are your top priority. Is this top priority the American people? It is not. The top priority is the undocumented illegal immigrants who he refers to as undocumented Americans that are in this country. They're in this country because they broke into this country. And he says that that is the people. Those are the people. That we must stop failing. Because he says, and again, his exact words, we have, we have failed to deliver for the people we care about the most. The undocumented Americans that are in this country. That is your Democrat, Senator Chris Murphy, admitting also as well in this interview that this has been a, a that this and their whole entire fight over immigration reform has been a fake border push. 
He says it's about the ability to try to rescue the undocumented Americans, saying it again, that desperately need help in keeping immigration pathways alive. Chris Murphy telling the truth about who the Democrats care about the most. It is not you, the American people. It is the undocumented illegal immigrants that they refer to now as undocumented Americans. I think we are at the point where if we didn't bring some sense of order to the border, if we didn't make a big down payment on reform to the asylum system, we were going to have a really hard time holding on to a consensus in this country that we should keep legal immigration pathways alive. And so I am of the belief that this was a moment where you had to show some big bipartisan momentum and progress on the border, or you would never, ever have the ability to try to rescue the undocumented Americans that desperately need help. Now, again, every American should be offended by this. You should also be grateful that a Democratic senator is telling you he is not there in the United States Senate to represent you. In fact, the Democratic Party is not there to represent you. They're not there to listen to you. He's admitting they have a fake border push, right, for security. He said it's all about the ability to rescue the undocumented Americans, illegal immigrants, he's referring to as Americans, that desperately need help and keeping immigration pathways alive. So what he's saying is, just like this bill had, that you could have 5,000 illegals a day breaking into this country and they have no problem with it. That was in the bill. They're saying we must keep illegal immigrants alive and the pathways into this country alive. That is the Democratic Party telling you the truth. Believe them. All right, I'm going to keep you updated all throughout the week on what is happening right now at the southern border. Make sure you share this podcast, please, with your family and friends. Write us a five-star review. It helps us tremendously reach new listeners. And I will see you back here tomorrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. 
Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 